0: Hi you guys and welcome back to Simple Homesteading Life Podcast. I am Anne and we're on episode 14 and today's episode is five tips on living a simpler life. Everybody has their own input and advice on how to get here and I actually would encourage you guys to drop it in the comments and the descriptions of this podcast to just keep people motivated into transitioning from living a hustle bustle kind of world into one that's a little bit more of a slow pace. So If you're ready to get started to learn my five tips on living a simpler life, let's just get started now because it may be different from what you really would expect. So, before we get started, I was absent last week, not because of the property, not because of my family, but because I reached a huge milestone in the type of person that I am and what I want to do going forward with my hopes and my dreams. I resigned as a teacher this year, this was my last year. Today was my last staff meeting, and as of now, my whole focus is going to be on creating a brand that educates and teaches people how to enter this homesteading life and to live sustainably. Um, I'm really excited about this. I'm a little nervous about this because I've been balancing both for so long that I've always had the excuse of, okay, I can't do this because I've got a teacher. I can't do that because I've got a homestead. So now with my focus completely on the brand of Farm Girl in the Making and a simpler homesteading life podcast, and the YouTube channel, and the social media, and the website, and potentially a new book soon. I am, um, I, I'm just floored that I have been blessed enough to take that step back. And I always said that when the time was right, and when God told me it was time to let go of teaching little children, I would know. And through this COVID experience, I actually realized that my direction for who I should mentor, teach, and be a part of has actually switched from little children entering into the educational phase of their life to homesteaders entering into a very much more sustainable way of living. So excuse my absence from last week. I do apologize for that, but... I think it was with great happiness that I wrapped up cleaning my classroom and saying goodbye to my teaching friends, which they're still close, and just finishing up my Zoom sessions and my last staff meeting. So with that said, let's get into the steps for living the simpler life that I talk about. So for those who know me, you know how important it, it is for me to reduce my footprint on the earth. And by, when I say reduce my footprint on the earth, it basically means stop buying new material. That's it. Stop buying new things. Stop buying new materials. Stop buying new building materials. Stop buying new dishes. Stop buying new cups. Stop buying new clothes. Stop buying new furniture. Just Stop. Stop. Everybody would love something that's beautifully built, well-maintained, well-crafted, would love a beautiful home that kind of like meshes together perfectly. Some of us are farmhouse minimalists where it's all the whitewash and just minimal things on your counter, on your walls, in your space. And others are like me um, where the more I can put into my space and keeping it clean, neat and organized the better it is for me because i want you to walk into my house and you're getting a big hug from my house. So what do you see? You see like antiques everywhere. You see antique paintings or pictures on the wall with a little bit of my family on the wall as well. Too. Um we only have one piece of modern furniture left in our house and that is my couch. But as soon as that is gone, i will be looking for another type of couch and i don't know what yet if it'll be used or if it'll be something that um I might have to buy another new couch. I don't know, but I'm hoping not to. Um, You know, minimize your footprints by reducing what you're buying, okay? Seek and take the time to go onto Craigslist, to go on to OfferUp, to go anywhere you want and find recycled material that you can use to construct with. Is it hard? Absolutely. It is hard to find the right material that you need to build with, but... But because it's hard, we've resorted to building our frames for anything that we construct out of pallets. Yes. What I do is I go to my feed store and I will I just ask them, do you guys have any extra pallets? And we'll go through it. We'll pick what we want and we move on. And I usually do this every week. There's always a pallet or two or three coming home every single week because I know I've got a lot of construction happening on the property. And I would rather have it on hand than have to wait to build it later, because I've got to collect pallets. Does that make sense? So yes, that is hard. But your framing can be done with just pallets alone. And that's going to minimize your cost. Then from there, if you have to buy new material, then of course, buy the new material that you need to finish the product. I mean, fencing, we know that fencing isn't always easy to find. So we buy fencing. You know, if you especially electric fencing, it's very difficult to find. So you're going to have to buy electric fencing. But I really challenge you guys to do that. It's hard. You know, not everybody can build off of recycled and reclaimed material. Um, it, Justin, who is a carpenter, really has a hard time not having new product right then and there, clean cuts, clean lines, so he doesn't have to continually try to mix match things to get things to work. But I will tell you that by the end of the project, he loves it. He is so proud of himself that he was able to accomplish something like that, that it doesn't even really bother him in the sense that, when it's done that is, that he built it out of reclaimed material. And honestly, that's a long way to go for a carpenter. You know, um, what else am I talking about? Dishes, you know, we don't need brand new dishes. We don't need to have the same set of dishes. I mean, Thanksgiving is so much more entertaining and thoughtful when everybody has their own set of something. I use all reclaimed dishes. I used to be that person that if one or two or three of those dishes of that collection collection broke, (laughs) I would go and get a new set. That was when we lived in the suburbs. But now, every time I go into town, I'm looking for a specific dish set. Number one, it has to be either white or off-white. Number two, it has to have a floral print on it. So all of my dishes have some sort of floral print on it, but they're all different sizes. They are all different scales of what type of um, bowls or sauces, uh, little, you know, those little uh, salad plates or dinner plates. There are nothing matches. But when I set my table with nothing matching... It doesn't bother me and it doesn't seem to bother my house guests as well either. It's just very entertaining for everyone when they look across the table and everybody has a different plate. They're like, oh, my gosh, I love your plate. And the conversation starts. Same thing with cups and glasses. We don't use plastic in our house. um, So when I'm going out to look for glasses, I, I always look for the most original glass I can find. Um, And most of the time I use mason jars. I use the asparagus 24 ounce mason jars, or I use really decorative ball glass jars. And then that way, if I want to can with them, I can actually use them for canning purposes as well too. So um, I challenge you guys to think about that. Silverware, same thing. I get my silverware from the Goodwill. Same thing. I don't need more spoons that come in a set if I'm really only looking for forks. So Minimize your footprint. I mean, we if you're not thrift store shopping, then I would really have you look into thrift store shopping. A lot of the older items that were once made are so well made that they have lasted all this time. I mean, some great flannels, for example, you know, some great. That was my speaker <laughs> shutting down some great flannels, some great, you know, um, uh, uh, Patagonia lease, whatever it is, can be found in a thrift store. So I would really challenge you to step away from buying anything modern and new, unless you have to, you know, sometimes canning items need to be purchased from a brand new source versus worrying about whether or not you've got to get it um, calibrated and things like that. But I will tell you everything else in this life that we live can be purchased use, truly, truly purchased use. Tractors, y'all know that tractors can be purchased used. Um, you know your house, same thing. And we all know that more times than not, anything that is older is a lot more well constructed than what you can buy brand new nowadays. So, my first, first and most important thing to living a simpler life: reduce your foot put, footprint on the earth by buying as much as as much as you possibly can used items. Or recycled items or reclaimed items. Okay, the second point to living a simpler life is food ownership. Some would have put that as number one, but in truth, every little bit of extra cash that you have will flow into point two. So minimize your footprint allows you to have a little bit of an extra cash flow to be able to step into a true form of food ownership. Okay, so think about it like that. That's why food ownership is point two. So what does food ownership cover? We're talking about being able to raise your own meat, maintain your own garden, and preserve your harvest. That's food ownership. But then on top of that, we have to learn how to utilize everything that we preserved and the meat that we put in the freezer without getting exhausted by consuming the same things over and over again. So I guess there's four points to food ownership. Um Preserving the harvest is the key thing because you don't want to just eat in season, though. Eating in season is amazing. You know, you want to be able to take those goods that you've grown and to be able to preserve it for a later date. So you have to know how to preserve foods, um, whether or not it's fermenting, canning, curing your own vegetables, dehydrating your vegetables properly in order to maintain the freshness of them a year later, and how to properly freeze your food. Because that is the biggest mistake that I noticed that everybody makes. Y'all love Ziploc bags. (laughs) Maybe not all of you guys, but Ziploc bags are a big deal. And unfortunately, freezer-safe Ziploc bags, you know, the ones that they say, you know, minimizes frost freezer burn on your food items, they don't work long-term, you guys. Stop buying them. Invest in the proper tools to be able to freeze foods. I mean, canning carrots is great up to a certain degree, but wouldn't it be nice to have coin carrots frozen for other reasons and to have it last a full entire year, you guys can do that. So preserving foods is your number one key to the garden. Okay. So if you don't have a copy of my book, please grab a copy of it. It is going to take you from the A to Z to preserving foods. And the book is called A Farm Girl's Guide to The Farm Girl's Guide to Preserving the Harvest. I didn't even know my own title. I'm sorry. The Farm Girl's Guide to Preserving the Harvest. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target Walmart, and it's available at many Barnes & Noble storefront locations. So if you're getting out and about, you know, you could check there as well, too. It's currently selling on Amazon for seven dollars, $17 and some change. But if you want a copy, you can grab one on my website as well, too. Autograph copy there, but, you know, it's cheaper to go ahead and buy it on Amazon if you would like to do it that way. So grab a copy of my book, and we're going to go through it from A to Z. And if you're seasoned in preserving foods, there's other things that you can know and learn from. From the book as well too. So preserving foods from garden, that's what you're going to need to get there. Um, the other part is raising your own meat. I know a lot of you guys are not at that point yet of raising your own meat, but to get to that point, you have to learn how to do it properly and how to do it well. So your livestock is thriving and you're able to maintain a great harvest from your broiler birds or your turkeys or your ducks or your goats or your lamb or your pig, whatever it is, you know, that's the next step. Food ownership. I mean, you have to homestead wherever you're at, okay? If you cannot, cannot have... lots of livestock on your property, meaning the broiler birds and laying hens, or to be able to raise a pig, then find a local farmer in your area and purchase from them. Purchase from them. In truth, that is also food ownership. And that is something that you guys should really work and strive for. If you can't grow it and raise it, find a local farmer who's able to help you along the process and grab my book. That's where you're going to really begin. Point number three to living a simpler life, go green. Go green. You know, this is not the same as um, reducing your footprint. This is go green. We're talking about eliminate the paper towels, eliminate the napkins, paper napkins, forget about paper plates, okay? We're talking go green. Green. We want you to switch out to um, cheesecloth towels or bar towels or, you know, grabbing linen napkins or just cotton napkins from the thrift store and using those. Yes, you have to rewash those every single day. Yes, they are going to turn grubby and grimy. But you're done with the fact of you're creating a waste. I mean, yes, it can go into compost. I get it. I get that the napkins, can, uh, the paper napkins can go into compost if you really wanted them to. But why spend the money in doing something like that? Go green. Go green and just buy linen napkins or cotton napkins. Buy towels that are going to last and hold up. We put our bacon on muslin cloth, uh, muslin cloth towels. That's how I strain my bacon. I don't use paper towels. I use, I do use parchment paper. I do use that. I will tell you I do use that. Um, but aluminum foil, I won't buy it, but Justin will buy it. Ziploc bags, no go. You know, things like that will really get you to where you need to be. Um, bed linen, you know, I have no hesitation buying bed linen from the thrift store. It takes you home. I wash it. I clean it. It's just as good. Do something like that and that's going green. On top of that, consider making your own laundry soap. It's so easy. I'm gonna put the link for my laundry soap in the description of this blog post so you guys can actually take a look at how easy it is to make and you're minimizing the packaging from it and you're gonna just store it in a gallon glass jar or a gallon plastic container if you really want, if you're worried about the, the container breaking, you know, something like that, but you're minimizing the waste of everything else. Now, I haven't been able to let go of my dish soap yet, to be honest with you. I do like my dish soap. So I have not been able to go green on my dish soap. Um, And I can't honestly say that I will ever give it up. So hypocritical, maybe. But in every other aspect, it's just my dish soap left. I use baking soda to clean my bathrooms. I use um, uh, vinegar (laughs) on top of that. And every once in a while, my toilets really need to be deep clean because sometimes the second bathroom doesn't get clean as well. Coca-Cola in the, in the um, toilet does wonders with baking soda and vinegar, just so you all know. um, So I'm not buying cleaning product. You know what I mean? Glass is basically, I'll use rubbing alcohol or just a wet towel and I'll just wipe it down and I'll have to flip it a couple times and do it. But that's what I do. I use an apron to dust my Furniture. I don't really need that much of a shine on it. So I've really learned to minimize that aspect of it. So thrift store shopping is going to help you find all the towels that you need. Even your aprons can come from the thrift, thrift store. Um, linen napkins, the linen for your tables, things like that. And again, eliminate your paper products. That is gonna truly, does it save that much money? I've never added it up, so I don't know. But I have seen like little memes that will tell you, yes, you saved $500 this year by just minimizing your paper product alone. I do use toilet paper, by the way. So don't ask. I use toilet paper. Um, But by stopping the paper towels, by stopping the napkins, I just am just minimizing it. I don't need it in my compost. I'm okay with just washing every single day. Um, The napkins go on top of a bucket on top of the wash machine. And whoever has clothes to wash they wash it with that. If it's bacon or anything, I do soak it in hydrogen peroxide um, for just a couple of hours and then I'll wash it out really well. And then I'll wash it with just regular bath towels. So there are ways, you know, you just have to get past the fact that you're not going to have perfectly spotless items. But I will tell you, nobody knows otherwise. I mean, I don't use the bacon towels to dry my dishes. You know, you you just have those set off to the side. So go green, minimize as much as you can. And that is another way that's going to give you the path, take you on that right path to living a simpler life. Point number four to living a simpler life. Are you ready for this? Minimize the noise. Minimize the noise. Do you know how much noise is in the world right now? So much Noise. Oh my gosh, so much noise that my head hurts, so much noise that I barely sleep at night because I'm worried, so much noise that it just takes away from the joy of the life that we live. And I I see this. I see this from peers. I see this from my own children. I see this from my neighbors. I see this from my closest friends. Minimize the noise. That doesn't mean do not stay educated and up to date in current affairs. That just means. Take it, learn from it, and teach organically to those who will listen, okay? And I say that because what I see on Facebook right now, what I'm seeing on social media right now is just the sharing of memes. Someone shared this meme, so I'm going to share that meme. Someone shared this, so I'm going to share that. But I'm not hearing original thoughts. I'm not hearing original concepts from these people. I'm not hearing them try to convince me verbally why their cause is important. Will they change my mind? Probably not, but that is more artful in communication than sharing a meme, than sharing a website post that says, this is great, and that's not, and this is how it should be, and that's not how it should be. Minimize the noise. Share organically what you want someone to learn. You know, think about it like this. Would you want anyone teaching your children by saying, you have got to do it this way? You have got to do it that way. There's no creative thinking in math. It's just A, B, C, D. And this is the way you're going to do it, even if they didn't follow that method and the answer was still the same. I mean, I've gone after teachers by telling my children, because we have Common Core math here, that, you know, you have to do it A, B, C, D. And if you don't follow the steps, even though your answer is correct, your answer is still wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, my children go to a public school. We are in one of the best school systems in the country. And I have no hesitation in sending my children to school there. But my children do advocate for themselves in regards to my answer is correct. And I am going to get this point for it. Just because I chose not to do it your way doesn't mean that I'm less intelligent. So, you know, really stop you know, I I really challenge people to stop sharing memes. (laughs) I really challenge people to stop sharing websites in regards to what current affairs are. And I would really challenge people to just stop and just speak, speak, speak to each other. Take that extra noise out of your head and just talk to each other. You know, again, you could still stay educated. For me and myself personally, If someone shoves something in my face, I'm more likely to scroll right past it. But if someone wants to take the time and say something, I will read what they have to say. Again, it might not change my mind, but I will value what they have to say a million folds more than just a generic meme that 250 million people posted because it didn't take the time to talk to somebody else. Minimize the noise, minimize it. Turn off the TV. Turn off the music even and just sit for two seconds. If it's in your garden or with your animals or if you're doing the dishes, whatever it is, and just take 30 minutes to just turn it all off and to just sit. Lola makes fun of me because I can't meditate. Like Lola likes to meditate, but I can't meditate because my brain is constantly flowing all the time. Like I find it amusing that I'm sitting here trying to zone things out. But I can't meditate because my mind's still going. When I drive in my car, I never play the radio. Ever. There's no radio on in my car. So when my kids get in the car with me and they're trying to listen to the radio, I'm like, mm, headphones. No, I, that's my only place where I don't have to have the noise. You know what I mean? I'm not able to, you know, check my phone to see the noise there. So I get in my car, the radio is off and I get to actually just drive and see the scenery and think about what I want to think about and then move on from there. So what's the minimizing the noise mean? It doesn't mean stay off social media. You know, it just means that you when you do do it and when you do share things, Think about how it's going to impact other people. Is it encouraging? Is it organic sharing? Are you showing a picture of your tomatoes? But Maybe go a step further, share a picture of your tomatoes and give a tip on how you got beautiful tomatoes. Was it the bone meal that you put into the soil? Did you use a thicker, um, higher concentrate for um compost? Like my tomatoes do great in compost around here. Um, Was it the fish emulsifier um, fertilizer that you used? What was it that gave you that beautiful tomato? Though I I applaud you for sharing your tomato. Give me something more. (laughs) Like really, truly give me something more. Okay, point number five, the very last point, the one that I really, I gave you five. Okay, there's so many more. So again, if you have suggestions on how to stick to living a simpler life, Go ahead and add it to the comments. I really, really encourage you to add them to the comments. Um, Everybody can learn from them. Truly, everybody can learn. But these are my top fives, and these are the things that I live by. Number five, cooking from scratch. Cook from scratch. Now, everybody likes to eat out. I mean, we like to go to Chinese every once in a while. I don't cook great Chinese food, and I love this pizza place called Zeke's Pizza. And Justin can eat pizza three meals a day every day of the year, but... I cannot. So every once in a while, I like to go to this gourmet pizza place called Zeke's Pizza here where we live. It's great. It's really good pizza. And um, I, you know, it's just one of those things that eating out is a treat. It's not a lifestyle. To us, it's a treat. So we may go once a month, we may go every other month. But when we go out, man, is it a treat. And we just Fight where we're going to go. Like everybody wants to go to their own place, but in, in reality, I usually always win because I'm, just and I are paying. And so, you know, make eating out a treat and learn how to cook from scratch. Now, a lot of you guys work and I get that. And I understand that, but let's think about what kind of meals you can make in regards to cooking from scratch. If that means stopping in that moment in time because you're running late and you've got to grab the kids or whatever the case is and grabbing a rotisserie chicken, go home and make some mushed potatoes. Those are just potatoes that you parboil until they're soft, mush them into their like flat, sprinkle olive oil on it, a little bit of garlic powder or garlic salt, you know, that you were able to hydrate or bought or whatever the case is and bake it until they're crisp and then throw a salad from the garden in there or broccoli or carrots or whatever from the garden and that's still cooking from scratch as best as you can do. There's no fault in saying that you have to raise the chicken yourself, butcher the chicken, freeze the chicken, and then thaw it, and then cook it. No, it doesn't have to be like that. It just has to be the fact that you you put together the meal the way that you could based on your schedule. For those of us who stay at home You know, this is something we practice on a daily basis. So cooking from scratch is a big thing for us. And it can go as far as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, uh, we're not a big breakfast family here. So it's a, you know, get what you're going to get kind of thing. If you want to make your own eggs, great. My kids are older. They know how to prepare their own breakfast and lunch. So they'll do eggs or they'll slice some homemade bread or whatever the case is. And they'll have that. Um, And they'll eat. And usually what they have for lunch is leftovers truth. (laughs) Um, My family would love to have pizza pockets. My family would love to have Lunchables. My family would love to have, um, what else is out there? But I don't buy it. Number one, the cost is outrageous. Number two, it's got crap in it. And number three, there's leftovers you can eat so we don't waste our food, kind of thing like that. Um, Luckily, my family likes peanut butter. So peanut butter is a big staple in our house, uh, you know, things like that. So my kids can fend for themselves for breakfast. And normally if we're making waffles on Sunday or pancakes on Sunday, we always make extra for the rest of the week anyways. So that kind of helps out balancing breakfast. I mean, I guess if they were younger, I put a little bit more effort into that, but they do know how to eat their own and make their own breakfast and same thing for lunch, um, for dinner. I've been really blessed. My 23-year-old really moved, moved back into the house and she cooks three to four nights a week. So that is great. Um, that gives me time to be outside a little bit more working or with the animals or working on the brand or whatever the case is. But when we cook, it is from scratch. It is important and you have to teach your children that. I mean, if you are working outside of the home and, you know, Monday through Friday is not a good time to teach your children how to cook from scratch, especially if you're running home, trying to prepare your meal and go from there, but take advantage of the weekends, take advantage of Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday to teach your children how to cook from scratch. And regardless of their age, they can do something to help you put that meal together, encourage it, nurture it, and let it go from there. Um, utilize as many clean food items as you can. Start from flour. I mean, I have a no need bread. It's an Irish soda bread. It's no need, no yeast, and it's on my website. Kids can make that easily. I'll link this in here as well, too. And you can go from there in learning how to make the food items that they can make on their own independently. So think about those foods and what they can do. Shoot, you know, Lola loves to bake. Heck yeah, she does. And I'm like, you want to make a cake today? (laughs) I've got powdered sugar. You want to make some frosting for me? You know, things like that. That's the way that it is. Take Sundays to make bread make it a routine for you and your kids or your family to make bread, make brunch a priority on Sundays where you're doing pancakes and waffles. So you're making extra or muffins throughout the week. You know, simple meals are easy. They're really easy. I know that a lot of you guys are fans of the Instant Pot and I am not. Um, I think the Instant Pot, the pressure cooker. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of it at all. I dislike using it, but If you can utilize that to make meals, that's still a step to going forward for something like that. Um, Just take your time and really think about how you can cook from scratch. Meal planning for the week will save you amazingly in regards to waiting for food to thaw. Take out your foods from the freezer that Sunday, plan for the rest of the week, and then go from there, cooking from scratch. That is number five. That is my last tip to living simply. Minimizing money and being able to sit together as a family in a nice, quiet setting. Put some candles on the table. Talk to each other. That's how we live our life. Okay, so let's recap what we just said. Five steps to living a simpler life. Are you ready? Reduce your footprint on the earth. Remember, reclaimed, recycled material as best as you can. The person who is building it is probably going to hate you for it, but... If you set them up properly by having all the supplies of readily available for them, they can do it. Just be patient, but they can do it. Point number two, food ownership. If you cannot grow and raise it on your own and if you don't know how to preserve it yet, grab my book or visit my website. But if you can't grow it and raise it, then find a local farmer who can do it for you. You're not only financially helping them out, but you're getting a cleaner food source. So number two is food ownership. Number three, Go green. I know it's ironic, but it, it is. It saves you money in the end. And home settings is all about cutting costs where you can to have that cash on hand to move forward and do something else or buy a bigger appliance or buy a bigger thing that you're going to need. That tractor, that um, rototiller or wh- whatever it is that you're going to need. So go green minimizes your overall expenditures for the year. Get linen napkins or cotton napkins. Stop buying paper towels, things like that. Go green. It is important and it does save you money in the end. Point number four, minimize the noise. Minimize the noise. Turn off something for 30 minutes and just go about your business and just Think about the things in your mind. Think about what you need to do for the day. Think about what you're going to do for tomorrow, for the rest of the week. Think about your kids and what they need from you. But turn off the noise. Stop sharing memes. Just stop. Let someone hear your voice and stop sharing memes and websites about current affairs if you can avoid it. I would rather hear what you have to say than to see something that was shared 26 million times because it was convenient. Share your voice and teach organically. That is how you're going to change the world. Stop dictating, but teach organically and share your voice. And then the very last point is cook from scratch. I cannot emphasize this enough. Not only is it bonding and family time for your family, but it's healthier and it's going to stop you from eating out and it's going to save you money in the end. So what did you learn out of all this is is that number one, you can save money by doing these five points so you can buy something bigger and better for your homestead. And number two, it requires being a little bit organized to do these things. Grab a good planner. And I'll put a link for the planner that I use in here because I love my planner. Love my planner. And then number three, it just draws you back from living like the Joneses and allows you to show yourself in true form for the lifestyle that you chose to live. Okay. Our life isn't fancy. Our life isn't about, you know, the best that you can buy. Our life is about what we can put into it and make it artful and make it beautiful and make it something that someone walks into your home and goes, I love your house. I am not a minimalist. I said that already. You know, my house hugs you when you walk in the door and that's what I strive for. But then when I walk into someone's house that has the whitewashed walls, minimal artwork on their wall, minimal stuff on their counter and things like that, I love that just the same. I do. I look at it I'm like, oh, your house is so nice, but that's just not for me. Like when you walk into my house, I want you to feel me. When I walk into your house, I want to feel you. So stop comparing yourself to everybody else in that sense and establish something that's perfect for your house. It took a long time for my family to get used to linen uh, to linen and cotton napkins. I'm not even going to lie. They would complain every time they needed a napkin that there was no paper napkins available. It probably took like two years. I'm not going to lie. Two years before the complaints stopped. Now they, they're like, if we have barbecue, they're like, why do we have to use these kind of napkins? Why can't we just use the regular napkins? but guess what? They're not getting it. So again, if you have additional tips, leave it in the comment. I would love to hear what you have to say, but those are my five tips for living a simpler life. Right there, you guys. Start with those and add to them. Make it 15 simple tips, whatever the case is. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's our lifestyle. This is our calling. This is who we are. Okay, next week's episode is going to be episode number 15. And what we're going to talk about there is an organized kitchen. An organized kitchen. As, as you probably have not, as you probably have guessed already. Yes, I, I still work on that. An organized kitchen. Yeah, I seem to like gadgets, but I need to stop liking gadgets. So episode 15 for next week, an organized kitchen and what we can do to make it a lot easier for us. And for us to still have the necessary tools that we have on hand, but making sure that we don't have an over excessive amount of stuff in our organized kitchen.